So today's gospel story is going to be probably semi-familiar if you're a, you've been in church any length of time, if you, you read the Bible. This is often, we read this or hear this story, especially at the beginning of, of Lent. It's the story of where Jesus goes into the desert and is tempted by the devil. So I just ask that you hear these words of our Lord. Now Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days. And when they ended, he was hungry. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to turn into bread. Jesus replied to him, It is written, and forever remains written, man shall not live by bread alone. Then he led Jesus up and displayed before him all the kingdoms of the inhabited earth and their magnificence in the twinkling of an eye. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this realm and its glory because it has been handed over to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it will all be yours. Jesus replied to him, It is written, and forever remains written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then he led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said mockingly to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written and forever remains written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard and protect you. And they will lift you up upon their hands so that you do not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus replied to him, It is said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until a more opportune time. This is a word of God that is still speaking. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Thanks. How familiar was that story for you guys? And especially during Lent, we hear about Jesus going to the desert for 40 days and the devil offering him easy solutions for the problems that he's facing. You're hungry, Jesus? You need food? Just you can, you're, you're the son of God, you can change that stone into bread. Are you feeling lonely and isolated? What about power and glory? I offer you all this power and glory, just submit to me. The 40 days of Lent are put in the backdrop of this story. How often have we heard about the need for us to give something up for Lent? 40 days and over 40 days because we don't count Sundays in the 40 days of Lent. 40 day fast. The idea of a fast or giving something up for Lent shouldn't be looked at something we're going to do to punish ourselves or to improve ourselves. If I give up this sugary soda, I often would give up sugary soda or also the even going to help me. That's carried over from our church's history and tradition. 
We, we want to improve ourselves if we can. What can I take away? What can I stop doing to help myself better? For me, the whole idea of this Lent and season is what can I do to improve my closeness to God? What can I do to improve my relationship with Jesus? John Wesley taught about grace often. God's grace is offered to every person freely. He also taught that each person has to have a relationship with God. And he used the term means of grace to describe the different ordinary things in our lives that God uses to interact with us in his grace. He thought that the means of grace, when we're doing these things, God works invisibly in us. He helps build us, strengthening us, confirming our faith often. So that God's grace begins to flow out of us into our surroundings, the people we know, the people we encounter. And Wesley thought and believed that there were three main Means of grace, prayer, Bible study, and holy communion that we'll participate in later. Remember, a means of grace just means it's something that God uses to interact with his people through ordinary things. His word, prayer, the bread, the juice. Prayer, anyone can pray. We can do that individually in our homes. We can do it in church. Bible study, we can study alone. Or Wednesday night we'll begin a small group study to study as a group and see what God's Word is saying to us. Now, Holy Communion is meant to be. That's not an individual act. That's a communion. Means and grace can be individual or community focused. Here are some other means of grace that Wesley quoted. Reading, meditating, fasting, regularly attending worship services, sharing our faith with other people, visiting people, giving to those in need, doing good works. That's not an all-inclusive list, but if you hear the idea, it's kind of when we're doing things in God's kingdom, for God's kingdom, His grace works in our lives. It's a means of God's grace working in us. And the point I want to make is that God works in us and through us anytime we're participating in his kingdom. So if you're going to give something up for life, I pray that it blesses. You're blessed by that. If you're not giving up anything for land, I pray that you're going to be blessed during this season of land. For those of you who are participating in, in a, the, the books, reading the first Day, which was Thursday, instead of taking away something, she talked about adding something, and she called it a regular. It becomes a regular pattern that becomes more valuable over time. What if instead of subtracting something from our lives, we try to add something that will help us? Something small that will add to our life and add to our faith of taking away from many of us do daily Bible reading. That's a great way. Daily devotional, prayer, all these things that we had, they help 
hopefully grow us closer to God. That's the idea. Can we grow closer in our relationship? As I was hearing the words of Bible study and I was reading this verse, these verses, this story, something that stood out for me that the devil used God's word out of context for his evil plan and purpose. Then he led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, mocking him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written and forever remains written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard and protect you. And they will lift you up on their hands so that you will not strike your foot against them. God's word said. He took it out of context to use it for his evil purpose. That's why it's so important whenever we read God's word. Some people like to, uh, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year, and that's a blessing. It's something I've never done. But then if we fall behind, whether it's reading this book or reading God's word, we feel like, I've got to hurry up. I've got to get caught up. And we're losing what God's word is meant to be. Those verses that own the daily lectionary, don't worry that you have to read them all. Maybe you just stop on one. I'm not sure how this is talking to me, how it's speaking to me. I have a problem because when I read something for information, I've taught myself, I've tried to teach myself, do reading just for enjoyment, which I used to do many years ago. But now it's like a Bible. i got to figure out what this means, what this means, and what not meant to be informational. It's meant to be relational. What is God's word speaking to me? Because the truth is, there's evil in the world that will use God's word against his people. The devil did it against Jesus. You think he's not going to do it against us? Now, remember John Wesley's main means of grace, prayer, holy communion, and Bible study. That we can't just read it. We have to seek understanding through it. God's word, and this is this is my main way to see if I'm, if I'm on the right track of an understanding. Is what I'm understanding drawing me closer to God or further away? We need to understand God's word so we understand what it means for our lives. That's the purpose. And a good study Bible is a good start. They have so many good study Bibles, but I had a mentor. I had many Bible studies, study Bibles. A mentor once told me, I don't use the study Bible. I said, what, what? I was like, what do you mean? He said, each one is designed for a specific thing. And there's very many good ones, and I'm not putting anyone down. Um, but each study Bible has its own meaning that it's hoping to accomplish. So my favorite one is the life application because it kind of applies it to our lives. But there's many good ones. But they all have an agenda. Every translation of the Bible, if you open up the translation, at the, it says, here's why we translated it this way. This was our goal. So what I, I try and do is, as I'm reading God's word, I'm, I'm seeking its understanding. I said, how is this meaning in relation to the whole story of the Bible? Because there is a story that runs through the whole Bible. God loves his creation. God loves his people. And this is the story of how God acted in his creation, in his people, to save with the goal of saving people. Why? So that they can be united with That's the overarching story, the subplot, if you will. And for me, the way I remember that is the very 
well-known verses, John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved and dearly prized the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that so whoever believes and trusts in him as Savior shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. A man called St. Benedict. He was forming this monastery community. They were going to live apart separate. They were going to do like solitude and prayer, devote their lives to this. <clears throat> and he made up these really strict rules as he was we're going we're to we're become closer to God by doing all this. Well, his followers, they were like, oh, this is a little, a little ridiculous. They tried to poison him. He survived. But then he realized, maybe I'm going a little overboard in this trying to get closer to God by doing these actions. So he wrote this. We hope to set down nothing harsh, nothing burdensome. As we progress in this way of life and faith, we shall run on the path of God's commandment, our hearts overflowing with the inexpressible delight of love. So if we have this idea from St. Benedict and we put it against the backdrop of the story of Jesus going into the desert for 40 days, a lot of contrast to that story. There's differences. St. Benedict says, I don't want to do anything too hard. Being in the desert alone, and then a 40-day fast, I don't know, for me, that's cumbersome and burdensome and extremely difficult, if not impossible. And the devil taking Jesus up, here, I can give you all this power, all this glory, just submit to me. Got me thinking, what sacrifices do people make because of our culture? Trying to just have enough. We want to have enough. The world tells us that more money equals more power. We have more control over our lives when we have more money. Without enough money, we don't have a place to live. We won't have food on our table. We do need money. That'd be a burden, not having a place to live and food to eat. But at what cost? The truth is that we have same, the same spiritual resources that Jesus used in his story. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. All believers have the Holy Spirit to help her, to help them in their lives. We know Jesus took time for prayer in solitude and in groups. We do that. So, is the point of the story of Jesus into the desert? confronting temptation is it about us being able to claim that same power that Jesus had that he demonstrated what I found out in my life usually when I try harder to do something the harder I try to fight temptation the more stressed I become the old adage the harder I work the behinder I get it often applies to my spiritual life so what if the point of this story, today's story, isn't about the techniques that Jesus used, about his relationship with the Father and our relationship with him? 
See, I now understand that my being holy, considered holy, it's not based on anything I do or don't do. Based on one thing, based on my relationship, I'm found holy because of my faith in Jesus Christ. This relationship with Christ is the only way I know that I can be found. I'm in good standing with God because of my faith in Jesus. Not anything else I do or don't do. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And in this story, Jesus was purposely, the Spirit led him. He was isolated. He was by himself. That's when the devil attacked him and tempted him. We're not Jesus. I don't want to be alone facing evil and temptation. That's why we need our brothers and sisters, the church family. That's why we need to gather with others weekly. Gather with people who are journeying the same as us in this faith, in this life. We pray together. We, we hear and explore God's word together. We take part in Holy Communion. All these different things that allow God's grace to work in us. And they're all important. But not the most important. The most important thing is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe it's not that we can resist temptation the same way that he did. What if the point of the story, the moral story, isn't about us claiming this same power that Jesus, but more about us being in and staying in relationship with God through our relationship. Jesus is our Savior precisely because he accomplished what no one else could. I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. He defeated the devil once and for all by the crucifixion, the death on the cross. Journey to the grave and the resurrection. The devil's already lost. He knows it. Martin Luther suggested that when we're tempted, we should be encouraged by the fact that we are known and we're loved by the one who has defeated the evil. Martin Luther wrote these words. And though this world with devils filled could threaten to undo us, we will not fear, for God hath willed is truth to triumph through us. Mighty fortress of our God. Now God's truth wins through us. The truth of God is that he loves his people. It shouldn't be about our techniques. We all are going to do different things and use different things. God's going to use what we give him. He's to give our relationship Jesus when our relationship with God grows, then we can, as St. Benedict put it, we can run on the pathway of God's commandment into the inexpressible delight of God's love. Jesus overcame the grave, defeating death, and the devil once and for all. The battle has been won for us. Whatever you can offer to God this day, it is. The truth is that our ordinary lives, they can be holy because of 